Ephesians 1. It's weighed heavy on my heart this week. Enlightened by Christ. Ephesians 1. We'll begin reading at verse 15. Ephesians 1, verse 15, it says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, And revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That ye may know what is the hope of his calling. And what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now that verse, verse 18, that's going to be the key this morning for us as we study together. But we'll continue reading on through verse 23. Verse 19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which, look at this, which, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in, the, in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things, to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We see this morning the, I guess my two main verses, verse number 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, and verse 20 where it says, which he wrought in Christ. Brother, the brother sang the song about there is a God. That song is about faith. We have a faith that there is a God. One day we'll know and we'll see and be proved that there is a God, but in this day in which we live, we have faith that there is a God. Faith is something that when you truly believe upon Christ, the eyes of your understanding, as it says in verse 18, being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. When you become a new creature saved and you're redeemed by Christ, you have a spiritual eye that begins to see. Now, I'm not trying to, it's not trying to sound crazy or mystical or anything else, but it's just the fact of the matter is that one man said, and uh, Brother Sam, you can follow along in the, the footnotes of your Bible there, but it says the purifying of the heart is the enlightening of the spiritual eyes. Strange as it may seem, the true eye of the renewed man is seated in the heart rather than in the head. In other words, there, is an, there are eyes on the inside that reveal to spiritual things that without, without Christ you can't see anything truly of a true nature. And so we find what the verse says is that in verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Enlightenment, it comes through and by the Holy Spirit of God. We live in a world where, and I've said it multiple times this week, just intelligent people 
out there, especially uh, of any that have any kind of renown, there, there seems to be less and less intelligent people that are out there. I mean, just, we don't have people that, that, that know things, that we don't have people, even if you get outside of the biblical realm, the biblical realm is extremely lacking in that area, but you get out of the biblical realm and you get into just natural things of the world, people don't know a thing. I mean, just pure ignorance in our society. I mean, people that are doctors and people that are lawyers and people that are presidents and some will say amen to that, people that are this and that, whatever it is, there are a lot of people out there that they are not intelligent by any means. I mean, used to, lost people, at least there were some intelligent people out there. I mean, they might not have been able to, to, to explain everything to you, but there was still some intelligence out there. We have gone farther and farther and farther away from a time where people knew things and understood things and could explain things to you of a natural sense. But in the church, my goodness, or have we missed so greatly the, the intelligence, not by a, a book smart sense. I mean, growing up, I'm kind of the outcast of my family in a way because uh, I grew up with, uh, with a lot of common sense kind of people. Uh, most of them, uh, didn't, they didn't go to school. They, they, some of them didn't finish school. Some of them hadn't gone to college. Some of them hadn't uh, went any farther than the fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And they're some of the smartest people I've ever been around because common sense. I take common sense over book smarts any, any day of the week. But uh, they're, they're kinda, I'm kind of the black sheep in a sense because I was the one that, hey, I got some common sense, but I like to study and I like to read and I like to uh, kind of enlighten myself and learn about things. And so, uh, so everybody in my family is like, what do you need that for? We've been getting by with common sense for thousands of years, and that's all right. We need more common sense in our society. So what I'm preaching about this morning is not uh, that being enlightened with your spiritual eyes is that you begin to be this great theological mind, or you begin to know all these amazing things about God. It is an intimate, straightforward, simple, common sense relationship with Christ. And people that try to overcomplicate it today, there's some that want to overcomplicate it and get so deep that people can't get nothing from it. And there's some people that dumb it down so much you can't get anything from that. So we have to find where Christ usually falls is right in the middle. Truth is usually right in the middle of belief. You lean too far this direction, you lean too far this direction, you don't get anything. Truth is generally in the center. Enlightenment, it comes through and by the Holy Spirit. Now, that relationship with the Holy Spirit, some would say, and one man said, if you argue that you pray often or sincerely or with energy, and that is why God should listen to you, then you may know that you do not yet have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you rely upon the fact that your life is not as bad as others or that you are a Bible reader or a church goer, this is also proof that you do not have saving faith. Perhaps you think, That God must listen to you because of your great need. But even this will not do it. The problem with all this is that you are pointing to something about you as the reason why God should hear. Your hopes of being accepted by him are to do with yourself. This is not faith in Christ. The reality is is that, well, and another man says, the inability to see and understand spiritual things is not the fault of the intelligence but of the heart. The eyes of the heart must be opened by the Spirit of God. If you want to know Christ, if you want to be enlightened in His truth, and and you want to become a new creature, and you want to understand Him and His ways and His word, it essentially, first and foremost, requires a relationship with Him. 
There are people that have wrote volumes about, the, of, about God and, and biblical things and, and commentaries on the Bible that I'm, I'm afraid some of them don't have it on the inside. They have a knowledge of what the word might say, but they don't have spiritual enlightenment to understand and truly see. You say, well, how is that so? Because they have enlightenment of the mind, but they haven't been enlightened in the heart. They might understand something, but they don't know it on the inside. Enlightenment, it comes through and by the Holy Spirit. And it opens the spiritual eye. I had this thought this past week. Blindness is a disability that some grow into. Some are born with, and for some it tragically comes in by a circumstance. However, the blind have notoriously shown themselves adapting their other five senses beyond the capabilities of users with all six senses. Spiritual blindness is much different in the sense that there is no opportunity to hone the other spiritual senses and be able to see God. The spiritually blind lack all facilities and are in pure darkness without Christ. In essence, the, the, the blind in a physical nature, they, they, I mean, they can hear things that I can't hear. They can feel things that I can't feel. They, they have an ability to know. I mean, you can see a blind person in their home and you can watch them. They'll walk right through their house without any assistance, any help, a walking stick, anything, because they, they're so in tune with other senses that they know what's before them. However, in a spiritual nature, I can't hear, I can't hone my spiritual ears without spiritual eyes. I can't, I can't hone my spiritual uh, taste and my spiritual smell and my spiritual feelings without spiritual eyes. I can't do anything aside from the revelation of the Spirit of God in my heart showing me and accepting Christ to be able to truly see without the Spirit of God. I must start there at the cross. With salvation to be able to see anything spiritually. I can't uh, grow myself to a point where I have opened new revelations and opened my mind uh, up to new things and new thoughts and new, new Bibles and new words and new examples and new people and new teachers. I can't push myself in knowledge of this world uh, uh, as far as the world's knowledge of God. I can't push myself so far that I, I meet God that way. It requires simple, straightforward Common sense conversion through and by the Holy Spirit of God. 100%. When Dr. H.A. Ironside, when he lived in Southern California as a young man, he was preaching in this area. He would sometime, <clears throat> sometimes visit a wonderful man of God who had, came, had come from Northern Ireland. Because of his health, this man was, had what was called in those days galloping consumption. And he was living his last days in a little tent out back of the home of Dr. Ironside's parents. He had been greatly used of God in teaching the word. While Dr. Ironside would sit with him, he would open up the scriptures in such a way, an amazing way, that Dr. Ironside one day asked him, where did you learn all of that? He said, well, I didn't get it by going to seminary because I never went to seminary. I never learned it by going to college. No one particularly taught me. Rather, I learned these things on my knees at the mud floor of a little sod cottage in the north of Ireland. There, with my open Bible before me, I used to kneel for hours at a time and ask the Spirit of God to reveal Christ to my soul and open the word, of my, word to my heart. He taught me 
more, this man says, he taught me more on my knees on, on that mud floor than I could have learned in all the seminaries and colleges of the world. Let me preface this. I'm in Bible college. I ain't got nothing with going to Bible college and going to seminary, but I'm telling you, I've been in college with people that I wonder about their salvation. I've been in school with people that, that I, there's teachers. I wonder, is the love of God truly in this person? Because all, we can go to all the colleges. We can go to all the fancy places. We can hear all the fancy words. We can do all the fancy things that this world comes up with to try to explain God. But beside, beside the knowledge of the Spirit of God and salvation of your soul, you will be spiritually blind. Whew. My, brand, my grandfather, his... Uh, his mentor often said, people would ask him how he knew and understood so many things about God's word. And he would say, I went to the school of salvation and I got a degree in neology. I'm not down in college. Like I said, I'm doing it myself. It's helping me. It's teaching me things. Helping me look at new things in the word that I've never seen. I'm around some godly people. There's godly teachers in the college I'm in. But man, save, the, save all the other stuff, all the other degrees and all the other classes. A degree in theology will teach you all you need to know about God. If you can just get on your knees, Lord, please enlighten my spiritual eye. Let me see the truth of your word. Let me see the greatness of you, God. Show me who you are. We can't rely on man. Hey, one day that degree, I'll get it when I'm 40. I've been, going, I've been in school so long, I'll get it one day when I'm 40. One day that degree, it'll burn up. It'll be gone. It'll dissolve away. There's a day coming. I'm going to forget it. I'll forget everything I ever learned, Brother Heatherly. I won't remember a thing. But like some of these saints of God that you see in sickness and some of the saints of God that you get around that have Alzheimer's and different things, they remember Jesus. Amen. Amen. I like that. They remember Jesus. Real quick here, I know we're, we're, we're dipping over into the Baptist uh, eating hour, but Verse number 18, it says, we'll look on down in the word. Well, the first part of 18, it says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what is the riches of his glory, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Our open spiritual eyes open revealing power to the believer. Revealing power. That ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his, of his inheritance in the saints. If you accept Christ as your Savior, or if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you have been revealed God's amazing power. And it reveals to you things that this carnal world can't see. It reveals spiritual things to you. If you think about Christian joy, if you think about the joy that a Christian can have amongst the storms of this life, you can't see that without the spiritual eye. Biblical discipleship and, and truly teaching people to be disciples of Christ, we can't accomplish that without the spiritual eye. Uh, this, uh, victory over sin and temptation, that can only come by the ability given through enlightenment of the spiritual eye. And ultimately, the inheritance that is in heaven is revealed to you through the power of God when we accept him 
and allow him to enlighten our spiritual eyes. Now, verse number 19, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power? We see his revealing power, and then we see his remarkable power. Uh, as this was saying, his, what is the exceeding greatness? We begin to be revealed how great God truly is. When God saves somebody, a lost soul, we see the greatness of God. We see the power that, that is, is remarkable, and we can't even explain it uh, when we see God uh, heal the sick. And we see people God, uh, that God will restore their, their, their vision. God will restore their hearing. God will help them and recover them from uh, uh, what people think are life-ending injuries and things that come up in the life. That is the remarkable power of God that only one with a spiritual eye can see. People say, man, you got lucky. You got lucky. Just old mountain people. We, we just, we're all into the luck and we're all into the, 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 the superstitious we just, we just are. We're different than other people. Mountain people are just different. It's almost ingrained into some of the, some of the mountain people, at least where I'm from. We maybe a bunch of heathens. Somebody say, you, the world, you're lucky. No. No. When you see circumstances that get turned around that are unexplainable, I can tell you why. It's the remarkable power of God. It's the remarkable power of God. Power to usward who believe. That's why we can see it. When we believe, we can see the power. I'm liking this this morning. We're getting me a lapel, man. I'm going to be all over this place. I'm excited. Verse 20, this, this was the very kindling of this whole message. Verse 20, it says, which he wrought in Christ. We can't see the revealing. We can't be revealed the power of God. And we can't experience the remarkable power of God without the resurrecting power in Christ. Where it says, which he wrought in Christ. What he's saying is for usward who believe, those that have accepted Christ and those who will choose to accept Christ, what he is saying is that he worked it through Christ that we're able to be, have anything revealed to us to begin with. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. The working of his mighty power, as we said, is wrought in Christ. The word wrought means to work through something. Essentially saying that the great and mighty power of God was manifested through the cross of Christ for the benefit of those who believe. We're once again pointed back to the greatness of God where this verse says when he raised him from the dead. That's remarkable power. Pointing to the mighty power of God once again. Believers can rejoice in finally through the resurrecting power of God. He set Jesus at his right hand who now makes intercession for us. What a blessing that is. Maybe you wonder, I don't understand. I don't understand what you've been revealed. I don't understand why this is so remarkable. He must start at the resurrection. One man said, God will not turn away a sinner who comes to him through Christ. You try to get, get to God any other way, but aside from Christ, you won't reach him. It's the resurrecting power that allows me access to the Father. What a blessing that is. I'm almost done, I promise. Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. <clears throat> 
We saw the revealing power, the remarkable power, the resurrecting power. And this proves God right here. This is how, brother, one day we're going to know there is a God. is because from the foundation of the earth, from the moment that he created Adam and Eve, on down through the ages to the life of David, and on down through uh, Malachi, and on down through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all down through uh, Jude and James and XYZ and Revelation, all of the word of God, on down to when your parents met and decided they want to have a little bundle of joy that is you, on down to when my parents brought me into this world, he has been reigning. This is God's reigning power through Christ. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. You know what that's beautiful about that is because we got a balloon flying over our, our country that everybody in the world, I mean, it's just pure craziness. What in the world's going on? I tell you what, we've got a reigning God that reigns over who whatever dingbat decided to fly that balloon over America to begin with. We've got a reigning God that reigns over all powers and principalities and all people that would ever seek to destroy his children. Oh man, I'm going to have to get my towel from a choke. We've got a reigning God that will reign tomorrow forevermore. As we go into eternity, can I get an amen this morning? We have a reigning God that will reign forevermore above any government, over any man, over any pastor, over any person. Bless the Lord this morning. Over anybody that will ever come. We've got a reigning God. I am telling you, that Pentecostal victory lap, it is on its way. Whew. We've got a reigning God. God forevermore. I'm not trying to be emotional, but when you see this in your spiritual eye, you won't be able to get away from it. You won't be able to hide it. You'll see it for, for real. I pray that you do. I pray that you come and see it with your spiritual eye. We've got a reigning father at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. We see something like yesterday come up. I mean, just the, the panic that instills. What in the world is going on? We got a balloon flying over us. I promise you, there's drones up there hiring that balloon that we don't even know about. But in our minds, it's faith about what's to come. What's around the corner? What's about to happen? What are we about to face? That's what worries me because I've got two little ones. I don't worry about Josh much anymore because he's the little ones. Your little ones, I worry about them, I pray for them. I know you worry too. I know you pray too. But remember, it's when you see with a spiritual eye, you can remember his reigning power forevermore. And us today, we get down and out about the church. Man, look at the day we're living in. Look at how hard it is. Look at how difficult it is. And hath put things, verse 22, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. He's still reigning over the church, folks. He is still reigning over the church if we'll let him. If we make Christ, put him in the position that he deserves, there's some churches, they don't want him reigning. They don't want him reigning because they don't want to tell the truth. There's some places that they want, the, the, the pastor wants to reign. That's not biblical either. Is the truth of Christ not in the center? Is this truth of Christ not in the foundation of this world? 
Is it not the foundation of us? The foundation of what we know and what we understand? It's all that we've built up on it that, that can crumble. If we just go back to that rock, go back to that foundation, Lord, you've been reigning before I existed. You reigned through all the other wars and all the other difficulties. You start getting worried about everything that's going to happen. I just don't understand what this world's coming to. Read some history. Son, we've been killing each other all down through the ages. I mean, that's just uh, humans are good at that. It's easy to feel panic about what's around the next corner, but he's still reigning. And only spiritual eyes can see those things.